Welcome to FRC Media News for Thursday, January 30th, 2020. I'm Keith Thibault. On tonight's program, we let you know how you can vote early, beginning with the upcoming presidential primary. We give a synopsis of how social service agencies and community leaders want to end period poverty for girls and young women in our region, and details about a new yoga class for youngsters at our local library. We'll have those stories coming up in just a few moments, but first, let's check in with the news headlines of the week. We bring in Phil Devitt, the digital news editor at the Herald News. Phil, how are you? I'm doing well, Keith. Good to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for coming back. Uh, a lot on our plate this week. Let's start with a story that is actually online now um, at the Herald News. Uh, this week, um, a number of social service providers as part of a uh, coalition uh, went out about the city of Fall River to, as best they can, get a correct count on the number of homeless in Fall River. It's, a, it's an issue we've talked about before on this show, but these uh, uh, agencies want to try to get a firmer handle on how many people are actually struggling in our region. That's right, Keith. Um, and if it sounds like a familiar story, that's because it is. This happens every year, uh, usually in January. It's known as the point in time count. Um, basically uh, communities getting um, a sense of how many people are out on the street on one day in January. Of course, the number uh, fluctuates from right. day to day and depending on the weather and time of year. But um, this uh, mainly is, is done uh, first and foremost to um, reach out to people in need, let them know that um, services are available to them but also uh, the numbers are then reported to uh, the government and um, uh, specifically um, U.S. Uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development to uh, determine how much funding uh, a community will get uh, to help those services along. So there's a twofold reason here. Um, now the count was officially yesterday, but uh, people with the um, Fall River Service Providers Coalition went out earlier in the week uh, on Monday, I believe, to uh, do the count. Um, a, an official number will be available in March. But the new thing this year was uh, a, a resource fair um, mm -hmm. yesterday, an event really, um, where the community invited uh, people who are struggling with homelessness into the First Step In homeless shelter uh, to, to meet with people who can help them and to um, get a better grasp on, on what's out there um, for them. Uh, in terms of uh, you know a hand up um, or a place to stay, a place to get meals, that kind of thing, um, trying to take these people out of isolation and, and make them realize you know there there are people in the community who care and, and want to help you. Yeah, I know this is a you know a, an issue that you're never going to get a firm count. As you said, it fluctuates from day to day, never mind year to year. But it's always an issue that um, a lot of us who are fortunate enough not to be in that situation sometimes uh, it's tough for us to to grasp the impact of the homeless uh, problem that we have in cities like Fall River and New Bedford and other gateway type communities because we don't tend to see it um, up close and personal. So this is something that, again, we look forward to their count um, in March. And of course, it's a big year on counting as it's also the federal census year 2020. Um, so a lot of that um, documentation is going to be taking place uh, this year. All right, let's skip over to the Fall River City Council. They held a meeting on Tuesday. And one of the items they undertook was the uh, former Mayor Correa Streetscapes program. And this week, Phil, they decided to defund a couple of those programs and put that money toward 
general uh, road repair use? Yeah, you know, uh, people who've been following uh, politics here in the city, specifically the relationship of the city council to our former mayor, Jaisal Correa, uh, know that streetscapes have been uh, a hot and controversial topic for some time. Uh, recent complaints, uh, you know, having to do with, with cost overruns, the quality of the work. Is this the best way to spend uh, taxpayer money? Mm. Uh, and so the city council decided to redirect that money set aside for streetscapes for at least most of those projects. Um, two are being uh, held over. Um, there's going to be work on Bedford Street, and also work on South Main Street that will be allowed to advance um, for, for various reasons. Uh, counselors decided that those particular projects um, had enough value mm -hmm. uh, to, to, uh, to uh, remain. Um, but uh, of course, this, this isn't a, a complete re rebuke of, uh, of road work in the city. There's still a lot of uh, road improvements to be made, just maybe not through the uh, large-scale streetscapes framework. So now it's going to be a matter of deciding, you know, what needs to be done and uh, prioritizing that work throughout the city. Yeah. Um, Bedford yeah. Street, uh, which is a big project, I think that's been been, been talked about. Mm -hmm. um, it's looking like traffic lights are, are going to be a, a, a new thing uh, on that street, reconfiguring the intersection at 13th Street when you get into that busy downtown area, mm -hmm. um, which could add several million dollars to uh, the project. Uh, as it currently stands, um, but enhancements are also uh, could be eligible for state funding. So uh, it remains to be seen, uh, you know, how much this will this will all be in the end. But um, you know, hopefully worthwhile that right. now that these projects are sticking around. Right, and of course, um, you know, there was also a report this week on another uh, road project in the far south end, Canning Boulevard, getting some state money. I believe four hundred thousand uh, dollars for for that. Uh, repair and service that's happening in the far south end. So a lot going on with our streets and the city council. Um, you know, in the past you mentioned how there were some councilors who had their differences with Mayor Correa on streetscapes, but, you know, uh, eventually that those projects passed. It wasn't a unanimous vote. This vote to rescind these projects was actually unanimous this week. So just something to, to make a note in terms of um, how the city council at least seem, seems united on this, uh, this issue at least. Also before the City Council this week, again, uh, complaints about traffic problems at um, our lone marijuana, recreational marijuana dispensary in Fall River, Northeast Alternatives. But uh, there were a couple pieces in the paper this week, uh, Phil, where it talks about um, potential traffic issues for some of the other licensees. A second um, a licensee has been approved to provide recreational marijuana. That will probably start sometime in February. But um, the Herald News took a close look at, at traffic potential in some of those other locations, even those that have not been licensed yet. And those also came up at the city council meeting the other night. Right, so uh, we asked the question, uh, specifically our, our uh, marijuana industry reporter, Peter Jasinski, uh, asked the question, uh, you know, what's gonna happen with, uh, with traffic if all these other facilities are approved? Uh, the reason we ask that question is because every time we go to a meeting uh, about Northeast Alternatives, currently the only recreational uh, business in the city, uh, the answer to the traffic problems that's usually posed is once other recreational marijuana facilities open in the city, mm -hmm. people will sort of spread out and go to those places. So 
uh, we wanted to know if, uh, if that's the outlook shared by uh, people who are paid to worry about traffic in this city. We specifically talked to traffic director Laura Ferreira, who uh, just told us point blank, she doesn't foresee any major traffic headaches anywhere else in the city if these other businesses open. You mentioned Hope Heal Health uh, on West Street. Uh, near Weaver Street is um, about to open for recreational sales on February 7th. Uh, and that particular neighborhood has two points of egress out into the street um, and, and sort of down a long street as well. So people also aren't very concerned about an inundation of traffic in that neighborhood the same way they are, I say, at Northeast, which mm -hmm. is right off William S. Canning, right next to a residential neighborhood. Uh, busy, 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 especially on the weekends. Um, I don't know if you've driven by, Keith, but I drove by the other day. There's a police detail out in the middle of the street. There's a traffic jam going either direction. Uh, a bit of controlled chaos uh, that I think um, at least residents in, in that particular neighborhood will be glad to see mm -hmm. uh, dissipate if indeed uh, the answers they're getting are true, which is that uh, more recreational facilities will mean less traffic at any particular given location. Right. So, so the, yeah, it's a, sort of a crystal ball thing. We don't know for sure, but right. you know, people aren't panicking. Right. And it's also in some of these other locations, um, including Hope Health, um, the fact that their parking lot also seems to be a lot larger than Northeast Utilities. So even though there's there's better directions for for travelers to come in and out, there's also physically more parking there as well. So that should be. Uh, of benefit for people in the in the far, far north end of Fall River when uh, when this opens um, in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, one other item of note, the Fall right. River Diocese uh, again uh, over the weekend suspended a third priest in the past couple of weeks due to an allegation of sexual abuse of a minor. The diocese uh, released information today on the suspension of Reverend Herbert T. Nichols who had uh, served uh, in the diocese for a number of years uh, over an allegation that may have occurred well over uh, 20 years ago. And uh, uh, Reverend uh, Father Herbert uh, Nichols was assigned to a number of parishes uh, in the city, including um, St. Anne's Parish in Fall River, as well as St. Bernadette Parish in Fall River, as well as others in Taunton, and um, as, as well as in New Bedford. So um, again, another, another disturbing uh, release by the diocese. While there's still some people, Phil, we talked about it last week, Still some people who are looking for more of a complete list from the diocese of those uh, priests, former priests who may have been accused of sexual assault at one time or another. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, it's, it's always a disturbing story uh, when, when you hear this, um, when you hear allegations uh, like this come out. Um, but particularly in the last few weeks, I feel like, you know, we've seen a number of headlines uh, specifically tied to the Fall River Diocese. Right. Um, and uh, this allegation against Nichols is the latest. Um, we should note that, uh, of course, uh, he denies the allegations. Um, you know, this remains under investigation by the diocese. Um, and as a retired priest, he, he wasn't assigned to uh, any parish, but he, he did help with the celebration of masses. Um, in various parishes since retirement, which uh, is um, also what we heard about some of the other priests who were recently uh, named um, uh, as well. So, uh, and, and, and again, like we talked about last time, uh, Keith, uh, the diocese has hired a, a consultant, an independent consultant, um, to um, evaluate uh, priest personnel files. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is somebody not attached to the diocese. Um, and Bishop Edgar de Cuna uh, has told parishioners that 
a list um, of credibly accused clergy will follow. So uh, to your point, Keith, it's um, hopefully just a, a matter of time before that list, uh, that comprehensive list comes out. Right. All right, Phil, what's coming up over the next few days at the paper? So uh, it's almost been one month with uh, Paul Coogan as mayor here in the city. So uh, we're simply sitting down and checking in with him, seeing what uh, he's been able to accomplish so far, what his priorities are, um, and uh, how he's adjusting to life on the sixth floor of Government Center. Yeah, sounds good. All right, Phil, we'll, we'll talk that. again next yeah. week. Take care. Sounds good, Keith. Thank you. We'll have more FRC Media News after this. Here are some job descriptions on the latest hot jobs list from the Mass Hire Fall River Career Center. Mammography Technician, St. Anne's Hospital, located at 795 Middle Street, is looking to hire a per diem mammography technician to perform radiographic and mammography procedures, producing images for interpretation requested by licensed practitioners. Job number 13130329. Program Manager, Applied Materials, a material engineering company, is looking for a full-time program manager to lead cross-functional initiatives supporting infrastructure projects in the Fall River area. Job number 13130813. Financial Center Assistant Manager. Bank of America, located at 87 Mariano Bishop Boulevard, is in need of a full-time financial center assistant manager to hire, train, and supervise customer service representatives, financial service managers, and monitor branch financial activities. Job number 13130067. Stepping Stone Incorporated, located at 542 North Main Street, is looking to fulfill the following full and part-time positions. Counselor, job number 13125607. Cook, job number 13125604. South Coast Health, located at 363 Highland Avenue, is also looking to fulfill the following full and part-time positions. Radiology Technologist, job number 13131679. Invasive Cardiology Assistant, job number 13131799. For more information on these or other positions, visit MassHireJobQuest at jobquest.dcs.eol.mass.gov or call the Mass Hire Fall River Career Center at 508-730-5000. Welcome back. For the first time, residents will take advantage of early voting in Massachusetts before the presidential primary scheduled for March 3rd. According to Board of Elections Chairperson Kelly Susie Young, the city's registered voters will be allowed to cast their ballots for the upcoming presidential primary starting on Monday, February 24th and ending on Friday, February 28th. All registered voters from any of the city's 29 precincts can cast their presidential primary ballots between the hours of 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. at the atrium at one government center. But also note that the atrium will remain open for voting on Wednesday of that week, which is February 26th. The second time residents can early vote will be the last two weeks of October in preparation for the November 3rd presidential election. For more information about next month's early vote session or to register to vote, contact the Board of Elections office at 508 324-2630. Community and social service agency advocates convened in Fall River recently in a bid to get a bill passed through the state legislature that would, in their words, 
end period poverty for all menstruating girls and young women. Here's more. So the I Am Bill is an acronym to increase access to menstrual products, and MassNow has co-authored this bill along with our lead sponsors in the State House. Um, we have Rep Livingstone and Rep Barber in the House, and Senator Jalen in the Senate. And this is the first time that the Massachusetts legislature is talking about periods ever. Specifically, this bill would make period products free in public schools, prisons, and shelters. And um, we're very hopeful that this bill will pass this session. This bill was inspired on a bill that was passed in New York City in 2016. So we know that passing this legislation is possible. We also have heard from our members and community that a lot of menstruators have to miss school because they don't have access to menstrual products. So we know that this bill will help increase educational equity in the Commonwealth as well. We also have heard from our partners in homeless shelters across the state that menstrual products are among the least donated item. And so we know that homelessness is on the rise in Massachusetts and there's a growing population of people who aren't able to access or use menstrual products, so they use unhygienic substitutes. We'll have more FRC Media News right after this. Thank you for considering a homeless pet today. I hope you enjoy what you're about to see. And as always, please feel free to contact the shelter before coming down to make sure that the pets you're viewing are still available for adoption. We can be reached at 508-677-9154. Today we have Wilson. He is an eight-year-old Chihuahua mix. He came to us as a stray. He does pretty good with other dogs. He does enjoy going for walks. Even though his tongue sticks out, he does have teeth in there. He is alert. He likes his squeaky toys. He makes a good lap dog. <laughs> so when you see him hopping around with his, um, with his leg like that, his knee does dislocate. Um, it doesn't hurt him in, or anything like that. If you want to come down and meet Wilson uh, at Forever Poise Animal Shelter, we are located at 300 Linwood Street in Forever, Massachusetts. Today we have Clementine. Um, she is a female pug, um, roughly between six and eight years old. Um, she did come in as a stray. She does do good with dogs. And she, she would do uh, all right in a home with kids as well. She would make a good lap dog. Um, she doesn't mind going for um, walks. Clementine would definitely benefit from a harness instead of a collar. She's a little bit older, but she does have really beautiful teeth. <laughs> she prefers her soft treats instead of like uh, milk bones. So if you want to come down and meet Clementine at Forever Paws Animal Shelter. Finally this week, the Falworth Republic Library on North Main Street has devised a new program to teach yoga to very young children. Here's Library Director Leanne Verville. This is something new we're trying. Uh, we do preschool story hour on Tuesday morning, which has been ongoing forever. But following that, we offer now yoga class for the children. So if the parents want to stay for an extra hour, they can stay with the kids and they can have fun. The parents get to do the yoga with their child, so it's a great bonding moment for them and a nice way to kind of calm the kids down and learn how to 
focus and just relax. So we've had really good response with it. It's a great opportunity for them to learn the art of yoga, which is very popular, and having fun doing it. That'll do it for this edition of FRC Media News. You can watch FRC Media News Thursdays and Fridays at 6 p.m. And visit our website for more news and information at frmedia.org. For all of us here at FRC Media News, I'm Keith Tebow. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Thursday.